Hello everyone and a very happy Easter. Welcome to Ainan Baptist Church's virtual Easter Sunday service and what a joy it is that we can gather together on this very special day. Do you know that on Easter Day in the Eastern Orthodox Church, the priest would exclaim to the congregation, the Lord is risen, and the people would shout back, he is risen indeed. What a wonderful declaration, and I think we should give it a go this morning. So, the Lord is risen, he is risen indeed. Can I remind you that uh, as with last week, your camera and microphone have been turned off, so you can see and hear us, but we can't see or hear you. All our worship songs will have the words coming up on your screen so that uh, we can all join in together and worship God. And just to clarify what will be happening this morning, our first time of worship will be followed by Tony uh, going to share from God's word and from Isaiah chapter 53. And after that, we will sing and then come around for a celebration of communion together. With each of us in our own homes, we will focus on the Lord Jesus. And after Bible readings and prayer, we will all take the bread individually. And after the bread, you will then be invited to switch your cameras on so that we can all see each other taking and drinking the cup together. And that will mark the end of the service and the cameras will then stay on so that we can all see each other and wave. I hope it'll work and I hope it all makes sense. Anyway, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we rejoice on this special day that death could not hold you, that you rose from the dead, that you defeated death, that you conquered sin. Hallelujah, Lord. We rejoice and we praise you and we bless you and we magnify you. Lord Jesus, you have done everything for us. And I pray, O oh Lord, now as we gather together, as we remember your love and your grace and your mercy, that you poured out for each and every one of us. Lord, as we remember that we are now your sons and daughters, we are in your family, you have redeemed us to yourself. I pray, O oh Lord, that we will worship you, that we will bless you, and we will honour you in our service this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's worship God together with our first song.
Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Easter to you all. I trust you're having a great day and have been able to enjoy some Easter eggs, even though we're all, of course, socially isolating at the moment. We're just going to spend a few moments now looking at what the Bible has to say about the events and the significance of that first Easter weekend. It's interesting to me that when we want to understand what Jesus went through on that first Easter, on the cross and in the tomb and at his resurrection, we generally turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah's prophecy of the suffering servant, written some 600 years or so before Jesus was even born. The first disciples and the New Testament writers recognised this prophetic word of a suffering servant as one which was wonderfully and gloriously fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want to look at this wonderful passage of prophecy this morning as we think about Easter together. I want us to remind ourselves of the wonder and the significance of what Christians believe are the most important events in the history of the world, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. There are three aspects I want to briefly focus on. Firstly, in verse 6, Isaiah tells us that the Lord has laid on him, i.e. this suffering servant, the iniquity of us all. We believe that this prophetically refers to the death of Jesus on the cross. Verse 12 tells us he bore the sin of many. The wrong, the sin, the disobedience, the stuff we do which God hates to see in us, of every person for all time, has been laid on him. The very thing which causes separation between us and a holy God was laid on the pure, spotless, innocent Son of God. I believe that's why Jesus made that cry of dereliction on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the word of Stuart Townsend's song, the father turns his face away because his eyes are too pure to look on evil. For the first time in all of eternity, there's a breakdown in the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Jesus experiences separation from God the Father as God the Father lays on him the iniquity of us all. Paul puts it strikingly in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus not only bore our sin, he became the personification of sin. He became the very thing that God the Father hates, and he did it for us. Secondly, as well as having the iniquity of mankind laid on him, becoming sin and experiencing separation from his heavenly Father, Isaiah tells us that Jesus bore the punishment for our sin. In verse 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. 
Not only did Jesus bear our iniquity, he paid the price for it. He took the punishment of God on our behalf. Isaiah uses some very graphic language to describe the way Jesus was punished in our place. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. We will never appreciate this side of eternity, the suffering borne by Christ on the cross. It was far more than the abuse of the mocking and the punching and the whipping, more than the physical pain of the nails and the crown of thorns and the spear in his side. Many thousands of people have been crucified and many have died in even more painful, awful ways since. But this was unimaginable suffering a price deemed appropriate to pay for all the wrong of the whole of mankind. This was not a clean clinical death. It was accompanied by suffering beyond our comprehension. And Isaiah tells us it was the Father's will to hurt him, to crush him, to cause him to suffer. It is a reminder of the righteous anger of a holy God poured out onto his only begotten beloved son as he bore the sin of the world. And in the end, of course, Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sin, which is death. Again, I think it would be a mistake to equate the death of Jesus with the sacrificial death of anyone else. This was the ultimate separation from Father God from the Lord of life, the tearing apart of God the Father and God the Son. In verse 10, Isaiah makes it clear this was a sacrificial offering, the fulfillment of those centuries of offerings of bulls and goats and lambs, which prefigured the ultimate sacrifice of God's own Son. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, begotten before the foundation of the world, experiencing death for us, for you and for me and for all mankind. Verse 10 says that the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. In verse 12, it says he poured out his life unto death. He died in my place. He took my penalty. He paid the ultimate price for me. He died for me so that I might live for him. The third thing which Jesus accomplished on that first Easter is that he defeated death. He rose again from the dead and opened the way for us to receive the gift of eternal life. In that famous verse in Romans 6.23, Paul says, The wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because Christ became sin for us, because he suffered and died in our place, because he rose on that first Easter day, defeating death, he offers us the most wonderful, costly gift ever given, eternal life spent in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Life, as Jesus says, in all its fullness, forever and ever and ever. And to me, the big question is why? 
Why would God the Father put God the Son through the anguish and pain and shame and suffering and death for me and for you? And of course, the answer is because of the Father's love. As we sing, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Reminds me also of that hymn, Man of Sorrows, with that line, Man of Sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a saviour. And then there's that Paul Belosh song, which is one of my favourites, with that line, In your kingdom, broken lives are made new. All of these songwriters are expressing a similar truth that without the cross, without Good Friday and what Jesus did by dying on the cross, without his glorious resurrection on that first Easter Sunday, we are wretched, we are ruined, we are broken, we are dead. When Jesus died in our place on the cross, he bore our sin. He bore the punishment that should have been ours. He suffered death in our place and he opened the way for us to be accepted by a holy God and spend eternity in his presence. Again, another old hymn that we sing says, There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gates of heaven and let us in. And that is why Easter is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. We enter into all that God has, has for us at the foot of the cross by faith, by believing and receiving that Jesus not only bore the sin of the whole world, but that he bore my sin. Not only that he was punished and died for the sin of the whole world, but that he was punished and died for my sin. That he not only rose again and conquered death, but that he did it for me so that I might experience the joy and the wonder and the glory of knowing God's acceptance and forgiveness. So that I might know and experience God's very presence in my life in the here and now. And I might have eternal life spent in the presence of the God who not only created me, but died for me and conquered death for me so that I might be reclaimed, might be made new, might become his treasure. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray. How great the Father's love for us. How vast, beyond all measure, that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? It is a thing 
most wonderful, almost too wonderful to be, that God's own son should come from heaven and die to save a child like me. Lord, it is amazing. It is wonderful that you would sacrificially lay down your life and suffer and die in ways beyond our comprehension for me, for us, to make a wretch like me your treasure. Open our eyes afresh, Lord, to the wonder of what you accomplished on the cross and in the tomb. We are so grateful for what you've done for us. Help us to enter fully in to all that you have for us. Since you died for us, help us, Lord, to live for you. Amen.
And now we're going to celebrate communion together. As we've heard, Good Friday was necessary to make Easter Day possible. The freedom, the forgiveness that we enjoy today is all because of Jesus. Together we're going to partake of and honour that great sacrifice that Jesus made for us. There's a wonderful verse in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. And it says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? We are one in him, and he has done all things for us. He is in us, and we are in him, and we are one in Christ. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we remember your sacrifice. We remember your suffering. We remember, oh Lord, all that you endured, that we might be forgiven, that we might be made clean, that we might have life and have it abundantly, that we, Lord, may be in your family, adopted sons and daughters, children of the King, but Lord, it cost you dearly. Father, it cost you your son. Lord Jesus, it cost you all things, your very life's blood. But you rose again, and victory is yours, and forgiveness is ours. Oh, hallelujah, we bless your name, Lord, and we thank you for all that you have done. And we will remember, and we will recognize all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we read that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pause now and eat the bread in remembrance of him and have a time of reflection and a time of quiet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you did for us. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This moment marks the end of our service and we're now going to drink the cup together and do so as a family. So if you can now turn on your cameras please, we will all drink together. 